0: there are a couple of challenges but I mean I, I had to think about what, what, what would be the top-ranking yeah. challenge yeah. and I think the top-ranking challenge for me is the political instability in South Africa as an entrepreneur you know that environment is just not conducive for investors you know to attract a, you need you need um, really stable policy positions and not um, um, a government that would always be shifting goalposts you know so that is really the biggest challenge if we could have a more political um, stable environment I think um, they, there's a lot of um, synergies that could be shared between the private sector and government. This is a revolution. You know what time oh, I this go. is where Ali and judge one goal. I think it's time that we made a missing.
1: For this, my third episode, I'm talking to a fellow South African countryman. He's an entrepreneur and changemaker with a special affinity for sustainable innovations. How's it and a warm welcome, Penyo Mohamisi. Great to have you with me on uh, on this show, dude, and uh, particularly so because you're streaming from South Africa, uh, my home country, and I'm sitting in uh, in Stockholm in Sweden, my adopted country. So it's really nice to be able to connect with you and hear how you' how you're doing and what you're up to. And I was just going I was just saying to you a moment ago, I was going through your background, I know we've met several times, but going through your background and hearing and reading the full story, it's impressive stuff, my friend. I mean, incredible uh, how diverse and how broad your portfolio is. I mean, what are you up to
0: right now? Thank you, Charles. Thank you. That, that, that's humbling. Um, I've come up to a, a couple of things, but uh, yes, particularly in the investment sector, that's where my focus is right now the mining sector, trying to just combine the mining sector and the creative arts. I mean, you do know, at least likely me and you do have some background together on a project, yeah. which is great. So it's always taking that past experience, you know, and just uh, and, and, and using your creativity and innovation to just make impact even in, in other sectors that are totally different from these, these sectors that we ordinarily operate in.
1: So, Peno, you know, just looking at your track record and looking at the incredible uh experiences that you've had. I mean, they tr- transverse from creativity all the way through to entrepreneurship. And as you said, you know, you're working on something in the mining sector right now. You, know, you and I have a, a shared history, having had the privilege to work with Kuli China on an epic absolute campaign across Africa a couple of years ago. I mean, how do you bring that learning, or those learnings from the world of creativity into mining?
0: The mining industry, just like any other industry for that matter, would you find the, the ways and principles of doing things. So things are they don't naturally progress. So create the creative sector is progressive in nature. It's always about innovation, it's always about the next hot thing, etc. So taking that, you bring that into the, the mining sector and, and get it into a process where innovation starts leading that sector versus just the ordinary way of doing business, you know? So that those learnings, for instance, um, um, from specifically to the project that we worked on, the, the Brilliant Absolute campaign, um, is that it was an Afrofuturistic campaign, right? So it, it reimagines a world that hasn't existed before. So you take that world, and in the mining sector, you, you combine all these natural resources with these creative elements to say, hey, listen, th- these things can actually become more impactful, you know? And these are the sort of creative um, solutions that one would bring into the mining sector, you know, where you, you're exploring various ways of doing things, ideas, collaborations. So those are those sort of elements. What is original, what is authentic about the sector, you know, what are the bads and the goods about this? How do you then take the goods and and, and actually analyze the value from that? That's the sort of creativity that you do, which is not ordinarily the sort of analysis that would be used in that sort of sector. So those are the, the you know just in a just top of the mind stuff, you know
1: no, but I, I think that's incredible this idea of progress being inherent in the creative industry uh, and how that is something that's needed in other parts of uh, society. love I love that application and I would never I would never have guessed to even think about uh, how that how that comes to bear. you know you said you the one of the things you you're applying in the mining industry and in I'm sure across, all of those amazing projects, which we're going to get into today, but um, is this notion of creating a world that could be, uh, which is you know the that was the premise of the Afrofuturistic Absolute campaign with Cooley. Um What is your vision of what South Africa could be in the future? You know, what is what is your view of what our amazing country, with all of its problems, could potentially be if we apply that 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 principle of liberating our minds and imagining the future?
0: I think, you know, it would be themed in two parts, really. Um, one would be climate transition, and secondly, inclusive growth, you know. If we're talking climate transition, that, that that's just using technology and all these solutions that are now available to just uh, produce a green environment totally, you know. And uh, inclusive growth is more on collaboration um, and shared value, you know, shared services, you know, you know, embracing our diversity, embracing our different business strategies, embracing our cultural differences in order to create a solution that is then, you know, futuristic. So the ones that would come after us do not inherit a world that we would have ordinarily inherited as a result of the ones that came before us not being able to foresee certain things, you know. So therein lies that um, engagement, the inclusive growth and climate transition. I reimagine a world where we, we crush a systematic capitalist system and we work more on a shared value, where we're we really prioritizing the people, we're really prioritizing the planet over profits. So, that philosophy is where one would, would, would be uh, that, that, that's my imagination empowerment, innovation, impact. I imagine a, a world like that, a world that it includes everybody, that embraces people's differences. So that, 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 that is a world that I really, really imagine. I can't, I can't seem to get that idea of my mind. It's something that daily I think about. I spend a lot of time just thinking and engaging with people. How do we then create a, an inclusive environment, you know? How do we protect across the ecosystem, across the value chain, that is? So how do we protect our planet, the planet that we live on? You know, climate transition. How do we then include those that are not included? As you know, South Africa is, is one of the most unequal societies in the world. So as such, you need to take all these negatives and create solutions. So that, that is my, my, my imagination. And sharing these kind of values with like-minded people that have different perspectives, different value systems altogether in order to find ourselves but move in the same direction, creating collaboration versus competition.
1: You know, you've uh, literally given me goosebumps. This very notion, rather, of um, of bringing people that are not included into uh, society to create an impact. This idea of inclusivity is at the very heart of the brand that I work on, um, and. It's very it's very close to me personally, uh, and uh, you know I guess growing up in South Africa during the transition, you you uh, you've shaped uh, our, our minds are shaped in a particular way, so you know goosebumps when I hear you talking about you know inclusivity as the driver of growth, and interested to hear kind of you know this idea of of climate impact, uh, what 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 role do you think um, Africa has, uh, particularly because I I, I totally buy and understand and get the the notion of inclusivity coming from africa the idea of ubuntu the idea of bringing people together the idea of coming from you know being the underdog status and 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 almost showing you know our our prowess and our and our power through the idea of a rainbow nation but brought to life not just through words but brought to life the idea of uh, the, our impact on climate change is, is really interesting to me on the other side you know what are the the kind of projects or, or uh, initiatives that um, that you're looking at that you think could really make an impact uh, for South Africa and beyond?
0: Great. I mean, I think uh, and the role of, of, of South Africa and Africa in particular is, is that, that it can play in, in, in the climate transition. Remember, we, we, we're, we're a world and a land of minerals, you know, so there are very strategic minerals that are key to that climate transition. And, I mean, as a country that is so the mining sector is the heart of South African economy. And it's also the biggest emitter of carbon emissions. So environmentally, there's, there's a huge weakness there. However, you do have strategic minerals like platinum, like vanadium, like palladium. Those are cleaner form of minerals. And these are strategic minerals that then need to be investigated for cleaner energy. Um, we, need, we, we, need, we need a more diversified energy mix, as an example. So South Africa... Has it's coal powered through ESCOM. You should be familiar with this. It's coal powered, and and that that emits a lot of um, carbon emissions. The banks are even doing away with financing these kind of um, projects. You know, so the role of South Africa in in the midst of, of, of climate transition is really exploring these strategic minerals like vanadium. You know, and the projects that I'm currently busy with specifically to these is. Um, I'm busy in a project where we, we, we look into establishing a 200-megawatt vanadium redox battery solar plant where we'll be we're looking at transforming to, into a zero-carbon electricity-generating operation, right? And this is in the mining sector, mining the vanadium, also creating um, an, an energy power plant to be able to sell off to even municipalities, third parties, um, households as well. And these sort of programs... Not only are they geared towards making a profit, but most importantly, making an impact and empowering the cost. It's very key that we look at energy transition. So Africa's role, not just South Africa, but Africa's role is very key into the global economy because Africa is the biggest exporter of these minerals to China, to the Europe as well. You know, So all these minerals come from Africa. So these are sort of the, 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 the that's that's Africa's role in, 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 in the biggest scheme of things in the global world is that we control the raw material. So having the control of the raw material, we can also initiate beneficiation at local because as a business strategy, localizing business, it starts at local before you can go global, you know? So instead of being an extracting economy where it's just extractive yeah. in nature and and finished goods always get imported back into the country, we then deal with beneficiation, and these are some of the initiatives that I'm involved in um, to, and to position South Africa and Africa at a larger scale to become a bigger player into the sector. And not only does it benefit the commercial side of it, again, it, it has an impact at the lowest level, at the community level, which naturally is not the sort of game that the mining companies play. The big mining companies just extract do their finished products send them back to South Africa? So it's just a, a take, and not it's it's not a one win yeah. situation. These are the sort of um, initiatives that you know one is looking at in the mining sector.
1: But you know, I'm in, I'm inspired by this idea of adding value at source rather than simply extracting and selling. And um, you know, I think that's that that's a massive change in the game. Um, I know I know just from things that I've read about you, Peniel, and uh, and in conversations that we've had that. You know, for you, local indigenous wisdom is a, is, has a huge uh, impact and a, and a huge influence in terms of how you, you approach projects like this one and others. Do you, know, you want to tell us a little bit about what that means?
0: I mean, traditional and indigenous systems, uh, for me, it goes back to that Afrofuturistic futuristic um, campaign that we did with Kuli, right? Yeah. It's, it, Originality and authenticity at the heart of everything. Um, we are products of our environment and our cultural backgrounds. So it's in it's in the how you, you you retain what is common in society, just to be able to engage with people, right? Yeah. And how you also don't change who you are primarily as a person. And from from your fabric, your DNA, you don't change your fabric. So. What that means, that the cultural and indigenous knowledge systems for me, is it's precisely protecting those systems that enhance humanity, not just you as an individual. It, it, it also puts you as part of, as an individual, it positions you into society as an impactful person. You are able to make change at a larger scale as a result of your your, your, your DNA, you know, how you were raised, how your cultural background is, etc. So that that's what it means to me. It's really about... Also, further than that, taking it a step further is learning from other people's cultural background. Again, how do we embrace the, 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 the difference yeah. and not, not treat difference as something that, that is, is, is negative? The the difference is
1: precisely what we need to embrace. You know, again, again, you've uh, you've uh, really inspired me with that because it's it's this is I've been obsessing about this for the last three years since uh, since moving to Stockholm, uh, and working on the Absolute brand, you know, uh, globally, which is this idea that that better comes from mixing, better comes from bringing together the diverse ideas, diverse thoughts, and you know, we position it in a way that we say, you know, that our product and our brand actually brings the most out of A mix of ingredients, whether it be at a product level, but also at a a social and at a societal level where truly the the experience is much better when you have a diverse group of people. We know, you know, whether it's at a party, at a luncheon or in the boardroom or, you know, sitting around a, a fire and talking about the future. If you've got diverse opinions, the future's going to look a whole lot brighter than you know a homogenous singular point of view. Um, so, love what you love what you're bringing to to um, to bear, not only as a philosophy but also in business. And then I and then I see you know beyond that, you know you've co-created something called the world of wisdom which is you know, fascinating that this idea of a local, traditional wisdom applied to business, but but then you go and you create something else and, and it looks to creating a better future for all of us. What are the, the biggest challenges that you've faced uh, being an entrepreneur, particularly in South Africa? It would be good to get to hear your perspectives on that.
0: Yes, I mean, uh, you know, there are a couple of challenges, but I mean, I, I had to think about what, what, what would be the top-ranking yeah. challenge. Yeah. And I think the top ranking challenge for me is the political instability in South Africa as an entrepreneur, you know. That environment is just not conducive for investors, you know, to attract you need You need um, really stable policy positions and not um, um, a government that would always be shifting goalposts, you know. So that is really the biggest challenge. If we could have a more political, um, stable environment, I think um, there's a lot of um, synergies that could be shared between the private sector and government, but the private sector is obviously not um, willing to, to invest in a sector that is not stable, in a sector where instability is so high. In South Africa, as an entrepreneur, you'd be able to, you could invest a lot of money setting up a business, and politics could turn that into ashes the next day you know so political instability for me really ranks as the highest highest challenge because generally we do have policies in place so we as 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 entrepreneurs you are empowered by government you know from from a policy perspective but because uh, due to lack of implementation execution and so forth uh, that presents a very material challenge for, for for especially the investment sector in particular I'd like to basically, you know, from your side, just to find out, you know, how your journey has been, you know, like uh, with that being said, you know, just from moving from South Africa to Sweden. I mean, it's obviously a totally different environment there. I'd like to just find out how that yeah. journey has been from your side.
1: No, no. I mean, it's a, it's a very fair question. And, you know, we're um, we're in Sweden now for three years. So, you know, I'm, I'm starting to form a much more… Um, rounded view of the transition so it depends on when when you would have asked me i think i would have answered quite differently which is quite interesting you know about journeys generally Um, we spoke early on about community and impact you know i I come from a small community and for me community has always been everything really it's always been about um, about the role that you play as an individual in your community and whether or not you're you're lifting the people around you, uh, up with you, and what that means is that it puts pressure, and I guess you probably feel the same thing. It puts pressure on you to um, to be the best that you can be. You know, if you've, if God has given you some talents, whatever those talents might be. You better make the most of them because there's a whole lot of people counting on you. So when this opportunity came up in in Stockholm and I discussed it with my wife, uh, my kids were too little, but we just said to them, do you want to go live in the snow? And they were like, yeah, let's go live in the snow. (laughs) But my wife was very supportive, um, which is, you know, I think critical to any decision you make is to have your partner uh, aligned on that decision. And what what really attracted me was the the values of of the brand absolute around inclusivity around progress, you know around you know this purpose of wanting to create a more open world uh, so i couldn't I couldn't you know ask for a better opportunity to be part of a movement rather than a brand and to have an adventure in Scandinavia, which I knew very little about by the way, and I think. <laughs> for a for a little boy from a little town in Africa, arriving on the second of January two thousand and nineteen in the middle of winter in Stockholm, I have to say it was a shock, like a proper full on climate change in that moment <laughs> shock. Um, everything from you know how quiet it was to the temperature to the fact that the sun was setting at half past two in the afternoon Uh, so it was a massive massive you know uh shock to the system but just looking back on the on that moment and then sort of looking forward the 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 first six months were really really tough you know we we had some challenges with the kids adapting to school Uh, you know we didn't have any friends or support network around um you know i have my mom still in Clarksdorp and you know She's on her own, so you 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 always worry about your the, your loved ones. You spoke about that earlier when you leave them somewhere. But Stockholm's been really good to us, you know. So the, after the I think that sort of tough first six months, um, and then the opportunities to sort of start to get to know people. The work is really interesting. Uh, the kids have really adapted now to the school environment, and uh, overall, I think the things that we've been learning are a couple of things. The first thing is that that we as individuals are not in control as much as we think we are. <laughs> and we have to rely on a higher power very often for support. The other thing that that we've had to learn is, you know, to really look to one another as a nuclear family. You know, we come from a big Lebanese and Italian family back home and, and now it's the four of us, um... And it's actually strengthened our relationship uh, within the nuclear family, to be honest. And the other thing is that, uh, that we're a lot tougher than we thought we were. <laughs> We've got thicker skins than we thought we might have when we first got here. And I've, I've learned some amazing things from the Swedes. Um, one of them is growing up in South Africa, we're quite effusive and we're very much about energy out because we have to change our environment. I've learned to just sort of pace myself a bit more and to listen a lot more, which has been very good from a, from a learning perspective. Um, dur- during COVID, I-, I think I just learned a lot of respect for the Swedish model of trusting people to do the right thing, giving recommendations. And um, yeah, I think that, that therein lies a, a, you know, a massive learning for me is, uh, is about putting in, putting in the right structures and systems that allow people to trust the system. Uh, and that, that really builds uh, a longevity, uh, it builds a, a longer term uh, view of society. And then the, the, the last thing I'd say before sort of wrapping up um, is my nine-year-old son, uh, Jordan, was allowed to walk home from school a couple of weeks ago for the first time on his own. And we did that as South African parents, as you can imagine, uh, with huge trepidation. But he did a great job. And you know, now he does it on a regular basis, meets up with his friends. And I think that freedom is something that's uh, hugely, hugely appreciated for him and for us
0: that's so amazing I mean it really feels like at least that journey yeah. you've warmed up nice
1: yeah although talking about warming up I do I definitely miss uh, the South African climate there's no doubt about it <laughs> <laughs> so Peniel I, you know I, I could talk to you for hours my friend I think the next time it has to be over a, a couple of drinks either here or in uh, in Cape Town or in Joburg but lovely to chat and uh, and hope it will be soon enough
0: this is a revolution you know what time oh! where Ali can judge from gold.